first time we're doing two days in a row and boy is this deserved i mean this this is as bad as it could possibly be this is this i i have so much to say i don't even know where to start this couldn't wait we had to jump on tonight uh robo i don't even i feel like i'm so depressed watching this team today it was it was the rock bottom was so low the rocks were so sharp and I literally felt, I remember I'm sitting and I'm like, if my wife walks in right now and just tells me like, I've been cheating on you, I'll be like, wow, that's the second worst thing that's happened to me today behind being a Jets fan. <laughs> oh my it God. was, it was, it broke me as a fan. It broke me as a man watching this team. The zero on the scoreboard literally represented this franchise. Zero points, zero ingenuity, zero desire, z- yeah. zero innovation definitely zero head coaching iq it it was a nightmare uh we'll talk, we'll dive into the game we'll dive into the game itself yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but i just wanted to kind of share my thoughts and and the players oh my god i would tell you they were going through the motions but they would be insulting to the phrase going through the motions they look <laughs> they literally looked like a mailman who's two days away from retirement <laughs> dude here, here's my take on this okay and i please, actually did a, please. i actually did a video hit on this as well and i text a couple of friends i purposely didn't text you because i wanted us to talk about this directly and i i do not want to hear another fucking word about the lack of talent and tanking i don't want to hear another word at this point because i have seen teams without talent and and they perform better than this this is beyond a lack of talent and directly into terrible preparation this is 100 coaching so i don't want to hear yeah. another word about the lack of talent because no they're not talented but either are either is washington either is jacksonville either are the giants and those teams are competitive they're bad they make mistakes they're they are you can you can argue over whether they're prepared you can argue over whether they whether they're any good but they at least compete they at least have some kind of football iq to a degree and even the bad teams are making the jets are are super bowl contenders compared to the jets so i don't want to hear another fucking word about how this is this is not the coach he does not have any talent to play with that excuse blew out the window completely today completely this is coaching I'm one of those guys that always laughs when people say like um oh this team is so bad they can lose to a college team I can literally see Clemson or Alabama giving this team, as long as Gase is the coach, I can see Alabama and Clemson giving them a game. Maybe it's a bit extreme, fine. But you know the example that I was thinking of today when I was watching the dumpster fire of, of, of the team that we love? I was thinking of the Dolphins. Last year when the Dolphins got blown out in the first couple of games and the, it, it was widely known they were tanking, they were going for the number one pick supposedly, uh, the couple of veterans uh, quickly got, out of, uh, got their way out of town, they got traded, but the coach kept the team together, they played together, the guys that bought into him, they stuck behind them, there was, you could see a plan, and towards the end of the season, it came to fruition, they started winning games, all the bullshit talk of 0-16 and, uh, and 16 stopped, and this year, they just picked right back up, this is a coach that looked, from the outside looking in, I'm like, oh, somebody with a sense of direction, somebody with a plan, and there is tangible, noticeable improvement. The Jets are taking, I don't want to take, not steps back, they're running marathons backwards every week. Yeah, yeah. And in a general sense, we'll get to the game itself, but in a general sense, the Jets' football IQ, and I'm glad you used that word because I've been using it all day, their football IQ is so bad. And on top of the football IQ, their situational awareness is horrendous. They will will not have any sense of urgency when they need to get something done in a situation where like, the, the average fan knows the situation. How does the guy on the field not know the situation? And again, we will, we will get to the specifics of the game, but the, 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 the you know, when you have a, a veteran quarterback who's been in the league for 11 or 12 years, has won a Super Bowl, he is not Dan Marino, he is not a superstar, but when even even when he is making these mistakes, there is nothing else you can point to except for the lack of preparation and the lack of any kind of football smarts on this team. And that, that's the only thing you can point at when, when everybody starts looking bad like that. When everything falls apart, it is a leadership problem, it is a coaching problem, it is, it is a game plan problem, it is all of those things that goes back to coaching. And quite honestly, I do not see how they can keep let this guy keep his job at this point you know screw the tank screw everything you are going to end up having all of these players on the team ruined because he he is destroying 
everything. I mean, forget the laughing stock too. I mean, the, the franchise is in a shambles right now, and most of it is Adam Gase's fault. I was going to say, please give me one reason, one justification why this guy is the head coach of the New York Jets by lunchtime tomorrow. He, he should be enjoying himself in a Miami club tonight, drowning his sorrows. He shouldn't even make it out of the stadium. And, and I've said that about coaches before, but this is the most obvious example. I mean, th- there were some good points you could make about Rex, and you know I hated him. You, there were some good points you make about Todd Bowles. Um, this is... I, I, there's no words that I haven't used already. I'm, I'm trying to think of different words so I don't repeat myself. This is this is beyond atrocious. There is no excuse, and you are you are right. I, they're going to end up keeping him, but there is no excuse to keep this guy on at this point. There is absolutely zero reason for him to be here. He has showed you if he didn't show you in the first five games this year and a lot of them last year, he absolutely showed you today. You know, and I, when we get to the specifics on the game, we'll talk about some of the stuff I noticed where I was like you have to be kidding me with this guy you know but it was absolutely no reason on this earth that the guy should keep his job so if they don't fire him now then obviously they're just going for 0 and 16 or my, my theory about chris johnson not letting him fire letting douglas fire him has to be true there can be no other explanation at this point this today today's performance was the kind of thing that gets every coach that ever coached in agreed. sports fired agreed now here is my fear i fear that this week whether tomorrow, the day after, there's going to be a big, big announcement from the Jets. They're going to let go of our defensive coordinator. Uh, right. There is no way they're going to let him stay. They're going to make him the fall guy. And if that happens, if they let him go and don't clear house, meaning fire him, fire Gase, if they just pick sides and stand by Gase, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sleep that night because everything you said is starting to make sense. That they're literally told this guy, it's only the people who are behind you that are going to stay ride this out we know this is a shit show we're we're tearing down and joe douglas is going to build it back up and you're the guy to do it oh my god i i I can't even fathom that scenario being real but if williams is let go it's it's shaping up to as a real possibility i you know i i hope i hope you're wrong um and and i am i am going to go on the record and if i'm wrong you know you you know i'll be the first to admit it that if they fire williams they fire gates you cannot fire one and not the other at this point you there is there is no justification on this planet unless you're seriously only going to make it about the fact that williams had the nerve to say something about gates there is no other justification on this planet for firing the defensive the defensive coordinator but not the head coach in this situation you you they would never get away with that and let's talk about one more thing before we dive into the game and i don't think we've touched much on this i've heard some people say it here and there but how lucky are the jets that there are no fans in the stands this year how lucky are they that that there is not fifty thousand people because twenty thousand will leave fifty thousand people at the end of a game screaming and booing at adam do you do you know what, what a mess that would be i mean how lucky are the jets that there's no fans there i'm three drinks in and i was thinking it from a totally different and completely wrong point of view i was thinking like lucky us fans that we're not there to witness this shit show live no no same thing as watching on tv man (laughs) i'm just like at least i'm not there live and in person freezing having no they're the fucking lucky ones let me be there let me boo them off the field i'm i'm not a big fan of booing but this would be directed at gaze this would be deserved the guy doesn't even he doesn't acknowledge himself as to come in and say, listen, we got to try to do better for the fans, for the franchise. Just put yourself out there a little bit. He stares into this fucking play card like it's the magic eight ball. Clearly, yeah, that, it's not rolling. That's going to be one of the points I make uh, during the game thing. But uh, save that because I want to get to okay. the game stuff and okay. get D-Wits on here. But finish, finish your thought. Go ahead. But yeah, it's just uh, he doesn't come out and speak outside of X's and O's. We got to execute better. We got to do this better. Just come out and say, we got to do better for the fans. We got to try better. All of us. Every comment has been the execution is not there. Whatever. That, that's, let's let's dive into the game. I, I got okay, this. Let me, uh, let me send him the invites. <laughs> um yeah, so every, anyone listening in, we have um, we have what's called we call it the panel. It's just some silly name that came from way back. Long, long story, but a uh, bunch of guys that email and uh, you know, Vort and I are huge Jet fans, along with another buddy of ours who doesn't participate in this. And the the guy we're going to invite on now is a great dude. He's he's a Dolphins fan. He wanted to come on and talk about the game 
Uh, this is long before the game was played. Wanted to come on, talk about the game, talk about, you know, Jets, Dolphins over the years. So this might turn into some fun, but uh, I wanted, you know, I wanted the two of us to, to talk first because this is beyond a dumpster fire at this point. This is, this is, this is like some of the forest fires out in California. I mean, it's raging out of control with that, with no end in sight. It's scary. It's, there's, it's not a quick fix. And we've been trying to, We've been on a long road to recovery for like, what, 20 years now? It depends what you consider a long road to recovery because uh, you could look at it as, as 40 uh, or you could look for it. You could look at it as like eight since, you know, the end of the Rex era before he was still here for two years. But in 2012 is when they really tore it down and they brought Tebow in and Sanchez was destroyed. And yep. then who, who was that kid that everybody couldn't wait to get in? The, oh, McElroy couldn't wait to get him <laughs> in the game. People went crazy when Sanchez got taken out and then this guy sucked too. I mean, it, so it's been this 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 feeling we're having now is very similar to, to what we felt in 2012, 2014. And uh, look, we got a DeWitt sighting. All right. There you go. All right. So uh, I gave you the intro before you came on. I told people who you are. Um, Vor and I avoided the game itself and and anything Jets Dolphins in particular, and and just basically tore into how th- there's no excuse to keep Adam Gase at this point. He, if if you ever needed any final proof, today was the day. Um, kept it to how the Jets just you know have no football IQ. They're completely unprepared, uh, and and again avoided any specific game stuff. So you're here for the game stuff. Let's do it. I already told people who you are so uh you know we're good to go man i saw your boy joe douglas in the in the booth up there somewhere high up texting probably texting why the hell am i keeping this guy why are we keeping this guy how do i get rid of this guy and instead they go trade some guy to the tampa Bay buccaneers he was actually texting his wife why the hell did i take this job um the best part was joe douglas they showed him at one point where he didn't have an well i mean he's got a mask he can't see an expression but he was just kind of looking out there and then i forget what play it was the jets did something stupid and they they flashed back to him and his head was in his hand he was like he had his head over his forehead and he was looking down and i was like thank god this guy is he cares you know thank god are you talking about every third and 28 that flacco was going back and had five people in his face well that's 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 one of the points i brought up and now we can start talking about the game itself is that you know this this is beyond just a lack of talent this there's no there's this is beyond that because yeah. flacco has been in the league 12 years he's he's won a super bowl and he's never been a superstar but he he's he's been around long enough not to make mistakes like that so it, it's not a lack of talent anymore this is coaching 100 percent. you mentioned the big point for me i was never a big fan of flacco but the guy's been on winning teams he's been part of a winning culture he knows yes. what he's doing yes. to put up a donut to look like an undrafted rookie he, not, he, looked, not, he looked like all these fifth-round quarterbacks that just take. To not be terrible. able to generate one field goal. Oh, and Rob, why don't we fill in DeWitts on our predictions? We were actually – I was brave enough to say the Jets were going to put up 17 today. <laughs> uh, still lose by double digits, but put up 17. My prediction was actually close. Now, only for this reason. The Jets didn't score, but I did say the Dolphins would score 24. So I was right about that. And, and I did say that um, that that Fitzpatrick would, would not look great and would keep the Jets closer. So I will take some credit for that. But I, we both overestimated the Jets, man. Oh, my God. But you God. were a complete lunatic. You thought they were going to lose by single digits. I, well, I thought they were going to put up 19 because they would get down there all the time and kick field goals like they always do. So my prediction was 24-19, Dave, and uh, and Vortz was 28-17. So um, we, we obviously over. <laughs> the only reason why I had 34-29 to is because it's a Jet Dolphin game, and I had to go back to Meggie years ago when I had to sit there and be all pretentious about regardless of whether the Jets are 1-5 and five, 0 and 7 or or 12 and 3 that they're going to play the Dolphins they're going to play them tough. That's that's always my mindset going into a Jet Dolphin game. Anytime I've seen a Jet agreed, Dolphin game. Agreed. Agreed 100%. It goes in reverse too. And, yeah, go ahead. And fortunately today, um, despite Fitzpatrick trying to throw the game away and despite the fact that they couldn't put the game away, really, in my estimation, even though they had it in hand the whole way. The game was away at 7 Defense, Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But when, you, know how, you know how you are when you're a fan of a team that course, hasn't won anything in the longest time. They're up they're up 14 nothing when they should be up 35 nothing, and you're sitting there, they're right. letting these mooks stay in the game. I mean, this is yep. just And they got ridiculous. down inside the red zone right they, before the half, and he yeah. threw the interception, you know, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> thinking they're going to go up 20 they're going to go up 28 to nothing at the half but they're only up 21 nothing at the half they get a field goal the rest of the way the defense is playing stellar obviously 
And well, I don't know. I don't know if you call it stellar because there's an offense out there that just is inept. So uh, pretty so sure it's difficult to say. Defense. But was there was there but, any point in the game looking at what the Jets were doing offensively? That you could just again, I agree with you. As a fan, you're always a little bit nervous, but you had to have been like, "Wow, this team is a joke." I mean, unless we really completely self-implode, we got this. I was just waiting for that moment where the Jets would open up and and have the one play, and they did. They're running back. Whoever that running back, that guy, twenty-one, made a run down the left side, got about thirty yards on a run, and I said, "All right, here they go. They open up," and then and then they Whoever went that and, guy, they, that's and, Frank and, Gore. and then they went and then they wind up going backwards, and then they wind up going backwards. It was a guy named Douglas. They had another running back. No, twenty-one is oh, twenty-one Gore. is Gore. Okay, so yeah, Gore, thirty-seven so, years old, and he's he's a fucking workhorse. So then they wind up with a cup. They wind up with a couple of penalties and everything else. They try to kick a fifty-five-yard field goal. Sam Thicken's nine for nine on the season, and of course yeah. the Jets. Now I'll go back to many years ago, like I told you, Rob. If this game was at, if this game was at the Meadowlands. And the Jets had to punt the amount of times they did. I would have heard Louie Louie, like I heard Louie Aggie uh, like 15 times one game, <laughs> punting from, from, from his end zone 15 times or whatever. It's just – Dude, I, we, I, we were just talking about that before you came on, about how lucky the Jets are that there are no fans in the stands because this would be this, – uh, there's, no, there's no way that – this would be ugly if the fans were in the stands booing and it would be a disaster, even like, worse than it is now. Be like Philly. They'd start throwing batteries. I mean, you know. Seriously. It's, it's yeah, just, Adam Gates might actually get hurt, man. You might have people arrested because, I mean, people at this point now, there's not, people, okay. are not, <laughs> people are not as mature as me and Vort, you know. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm going to go away from the, the Jet-Dolphin game for just one minute. Okay, I sat there four times today with my son in Buffalo Wild Wings and said to him the same thing four times. Ryan Tannehill threw for four touchdowns today, one interception over 300 yards, and helped to take his team to 5-0. and Now, we know Derrick Henry's a monster, but there's got to be something about the fact that this guy can throw the ball well that goes along with Derrick Henry that makes him a good quarterback. And I always thought he was a good quarterback, but I – Question myself for three years. The whole time that Gaze was there, what's wrong with this quarterback? What's wrong with this quarterback? Here's the proof. Tannehill goes to Tennessee. They go to the AFC Championship game last year. They're five and zero right now. They have a very good coach in Grable. And who was coaching him previously? This Mook with the bulging eyes and the 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 impossible offense. Funny enough, the D Woods brought it up. One of my friends. Uh... An in-law is a huge Tennessee fan. So out of the blue today, I just texted him. But without realizing what you just said about Gase being Tannehill's coach, I texted him just randomly saying, wow, since when did Tannehill go from a serviceable game manager and decided to throw himself into an MVP candidate? And I just said, the, without realizing that Gase was his coach, I said, mm-hmm. wow, I guess you give him a super talented running back and a good coach who knows how to develop a QB, and you suddenly look legit. You got a guy who was a great player in Vrabel, great defensive player. As much as I hated the Patriots, I never really hated Vrabel. I always thought that he was a stellar guy on the field. I always thought he was a stand-up guy. He wasn't a jerk. And as a coach, the guy's proven. Period. He's it proven himself over the last two years. my mind that yeah. Jay also tried to ruin Tannehill before oh. he tried to ruin Darnold. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he traded away Ajayi. He, he, he wouldn't use Kendrick, Ken, Ken, yeah, Drake, whatever the hell his name Land, is. Landry he, he was traded gone. With Landry, yep, yep, yep. I mean, you, he alienated everybody. You name the list of everybody. I, I think it's possible Gaze could take Aaron Rodgers and ruin him. I mean, that's that's how I feel about Gaze. That's how bad I could think about Gaze is that he would take Aaron Rodgers and just ruin him. Or take a young quarterback like Garoppolo or – you know, you won't find any young quarterback out there. And at, at this point, you give him Peyton Manning or Brady in their prime, and he's going to guide him to six wins. Oh, no, no, the no guy's doubt, just a buffoon. No doubt. So, but get, getting back to the game, the Dolphins, the Dolphins and the Jets both, I think, combined for one, one, maybe two or three third down conversions. And those three third down conversions came late in the game when the defense yeah. was playing soft. So both teams are horrible. On both sides, both sides for third, dude, third down. Dude, I am going to kick you off this podcast if you're going to try and, and talk about how the Dolphins didn't play well. I'm telling no, you right no, now. No, 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 okay, no, 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 I'm not. No, but Jet, I, I got the kick button ready to well, go, the Jet, man. The, so. Jet, the Jets have two two games where they played like total shit, but they had the plays. They had the butt fumble, and now they got the it, the butt interception. So, 
Um, well, that's a, but that's a good play. You can't, you can't, you can't look at that one as a, like the butt fumble. That, that's why this is called the fake spike. And I, love Lord, I don't know if you noticed, but they had the fake spike. They showed yes. it early in the game. Yeah, like of a course. Highlight. Yeah. 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 I'm like, what a great name for our podcast. I, I just want to throw one point your way and then I'm dying to hear your thoughts on the game. My only point is going back to the idiot that's coaching us. The one thing you and me both agreed on, there is no reason, no justification for Frank Gore to have more carries than the other running backs on the roster. He had more carries. He had more snaps. That just, I can't even get mad. The stupidity of it just makes me smile because that's my Jets. But please, sh- uh, share some takeaways with me. Okay, so so we'll get some takeaways. Dave, go ahead. You can go first if you want. I mean, talk about how the Dolphins just look like shit. Go ahead. I, well, no, no. I In, in, the, same, in the same respect, you're, you're absolutely right about that. If you're a team that's... If you're a team that's in a tailspin and you need to get something going on your team, you got to take a young rookie or a guy that's untested and try to give him the ball and make something happen. Not not your not your four four yard run, the eighteen thousand year old running back. That, exactly. That's that's exactly. gonna that's gonna get his carries and he's gonna get his yards. But what is that gonna do for your team when you're down twenty one nothing? It's not gonna do anything. The other thing that I said when they went to the locker room, I said to my son Eric, I said, dude. They, sh- they need to take Flacco out of the first half. They need to put another quarterback in. I don't care who he is. I don't care if they get a guy off the street. They should have taken Flacco out of that game at that point and put somebody else in. Cause, I don't think so. Because, no, nah, they didn't get past the 50-yard line but once in the first half. They had the ball seven to eight times in the first half. From what I remember, yeah, the Jets, the Jets went three and out twice yeah, in the first three I, I, minutes. Are I you really kidding? think I mean, that just, they should have taken him out of the game at that. This point. is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What do you think an untested rookie would do in Gase's offense? <laughs> Can you imagine? James Morgan is their other quarterback. He's the guy they drafted I, in the I, fourth round. I, so I, that's, I think that's outside the, of the box guy. at that point, just like you're talking about them putting another running back in, and then they should have. They should have had. They should have had a younger running back to yeah. try to prove something, especially when you got a guy like. You get a guy like Le'Veon Bell who's who's gone now, and he's he's the guy you're supposed to give the ball to. You're going to give the reps to Frank Gore. You're absolutely right, 100. percent There's no reason to be giving Frank Gore the reps. Well, see, yeah, my thoughts on that is uh, I would love to be able to say that P. Ryan didn't play well, which he didn't. Um, he didn't play well. He made a couple of stupid mistakes, and he, you know, whatever, whatever. But and, and I would love to say that you know they they took him they stopped giving him carries because of that. But by the time he even got in the game, yep. Gore already had three series and was and was established as the guy. So I can't even give an excuse for that. But the, here here's a couple of takeaways on the game. The, the football IQ of this team is terrible. I mean, we can start with Flacco with with the, the, the missing receivers and and these these and, and the, the the eternal Jets annoyance. You know, throwing the ball two yards yeah. on third and four. Um, you know, like like. I don't know how much of this was flack on how much it was the plays, but the first two series of the game, they just run the ball into the line for two yards and then throw two bombs. Okay, okay, I understand you want to open the game up, but opening up the, opening up the offense is only going to work if they fear you. If not, they're just going to single cover the guy because they know you're going to miss him, and then they're going to put their double coverages and their safeties elsewhere. So you, you're not opening up the game like that. So they basically threw it away. They went from a run to two bombs on two drives in a row without – trying anything else and it was all to Perriman it was all I, I understand Adam I get it you want to establish your speed guy but you're going to throw it to him four times in a row all right then let's go to P Ryan for a second okay this this really annoyed me it's a small thing but it, it third and four they swing a little pass out to him in the flat right he turns around he's got all kinds of room now you need four yards for a first down and this is why I say Adam Gase you know Dave my, my, my running joke is that Adam Gase treats first downs like a girl he banged in a bar last week and doesn't <laughs> want to see again right he, he met he met her he took her home and then she's been calling and he's like nope nope don't want any part of it that's what he looks at first downs like he does not consider a first down an important thing so so p ryan gets the ball turns around and starts doing a dance to try and get around guys when you know like like it's second and three or something or you know or third and eight whatever you know that's not the time to make a move you got two yards to go you, you got you exactly. You got two yards to go. Lower your fucking yeah. shoulder. Hit somebody. If you don't make it, great. But at least you freaking were conscious of the fact there was a first down. On top of that, Miami had two timeouts left and already took a timeout. It's third down, and this idiot, this idiot, not only doesn't lower his shoulder and try and get the first down, but runs out of bounds to save them the freaking to save their timeout for them. He doesn't even stay in bounds. I understand that players have shit going on. They're not going to remember things. But this is why it's on the coach to remind things that. This. And then you remind the leader on the field, who's your fucking quarterback, says, all right, guys, we're going to be throwing a pass. It's going to be a semi-screen. You're going to be short. you got to do what you can to A, stay in bounds, yeah, and B, get the first down. Four yards here, just, just 
move forward. Yep, lower you. your shoulder and go. Hey, hey, uh, LaMichael, is that, isn't it? Yes. LaMichael Pirine, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, this is your chance, okay? You're going to get the ball. Uh, this is not the time to dance around and try and be Barry Sanders. We need the first down or, at the very worst, make sure you stay in bounds and don't give him a timeout. So what happens is <laughs> yeah. the kid gets out of bounds, Miami. Miami, thank God for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He went all the way down the field and then threw the interception. Or this would have been – it would have been a four-score game at halftime. I mean, so little yeah. things like that just drive me crazy. And then the, the, let's not even talk about the penalties. I mean, at one point, Fitzpatrick slid. One guy clubbed him in the head and the other guy landed on him after he was already on the floor. I'm like, this what is what this is what's told me that the team has completely quit on the coach. They just they're literally <laughs> playing with a fuck you attitude. Like because when you start picking up penalties like that, it just you don't give a shit and you're literally just trying to stick it to the coach. And how many how many 15 yard face masks can you possibly get? Oh, then there's who, who's the kid who fielded the ball who, who fielded the kickoff in the end zone and fumbled it out of the end zone <laughs> and then tried to kneel on the two yard line before realizing the ball was live and he had to run. He made it all the way out to the four. So <laughs> That's the only team I've ever seen in this era. I've seen it, yeah, but in this era to bring the ball out the four yard line on a kickoff. I mean, come on, this is this is what we're dealing with. This is the football like you were dealing. With. I don't want to hear about no talent because if you if you had no talent, you would have never made yep. it to the NFL. This is coaching. Yeah. This is mental mistakes. This is stupidity. And you know what's crazy? I just realized as you were talking, I'm I'm listening and I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. Perhaps people would make an argument with no preseason. You know, it's tough. They're still getting their timing. No bullshit. bullshit. Five games. There's 31 other teams that had the and same. And five games problem. in, yeah, yeah. the only thing that's gotten worse is the Jets' results because now the coaches are actually realizing the team's strengths and weaknesses. They're realizing the Jets don't have any strength, especially at the sidelines as a coach. And the Jets' results are getting worse because now the other teams are actually getting their timing right. The talent guys are starting to step up, and the Jets have none of that, and they have no answers. And that's why they're literally sliding backwards. Don't tell me they're tanking. They just suck, and the other teams now have the tape and they can exploit it even more yeah and they might actually be tanking they might be trying to get that first pick but this this here is is this is not tanking anymore this is this is the coach you know the coach doesn't doesn't tank the 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 organization might tank they might not give him the players he needs but the coach what coach would commit suicide like that if just just to help the team out get a first draft pick next year that's bullshit and you know oh that's that's what i wanted to bring up the adam gase the adam gase thing we've talked about this before but things have fallen apart all around them today and at one point the guy was sitting on the bench by himself looking at his card they showed it again the guy's looking at his card he's flipping it around like something's going to change on the same card he's been looking at all day what's going to change it's not a fucking tablet adam it's a freaking plastic card with some shit on it that probably says you're a dick you're a dick you're a dick and he just keeps looking at it and then uh, oh and, and final final point and then i'm gonna let dave speak i know i've told, talked over him but you know you did ask for my thoughts for so <laughs> um started the third quarter right james lofton the color commentator is talking about how you know the jets are are a mess they're falling apart and he knows that in that locker room people are punching holes in walls and they got to be angry and you know you go in there and you figure out what you can do to change it so these guys have to be angry as he's saying it there's gay standing there looking at his card and in front of him are two guys on the Jets. One of them is smiling and and talking to the guy next to him, and the other guy's just kind of like nodding his head. The two of them looked like guys on a team that's winning 40-3 to three in the fourth quarter. They were hanging out, great games over, whatever. This is right at the start of the third quarter as the color commentator is talking about how the Jets must be so pissed off, pissed off that they're punching holes in walls at halftime. This this is what this team has turned into, is the color commentators trying to save their asses and say how angry they must be. The coach is standing there clueless, never communicates with players, and two guys are smiling and laughing like it's a blowout in the fourth quarter. It just boggles my mind. Boy, baby. a pair of mad <laughs> men on the line here today. You weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you did warn me. You fool me. What do you guys think about your defense? I mean, I watched the whole thing this <sighs> week think- about Greg Williams opening his mouth and saying something about gays and this and that. And I see a guy in Greg Williams who's been around the league for a very long time. He's a well-respected defensive guy, except for when he went for all that crap in, 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 in New Orleans. But the guy's a good defensive mind, okay? The defense, if, if not for nothing – if, if I was giving out grades today, the, the, the offense, the offense got a Z and, 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 the, and, the, and the defense <laughs> probably, I would say, had to get a B minus today because a B minus, they held, as far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins could have ran this up to 45 points today, but they didn't. They scored, 20, 
They only scored They only scored 24 true. points. They got a couple of turnovers. They stopped them on third downs today. The Dolphins did not convert a third down today from what I from what I saw. What I, I, they, maybe they converted one when Tua came into the game. Okay, but that was way late in the game. And so the defense played, as far as I was concerned, the defense played well enough that if your offense played well, decent, you could have lost the game twenty-four to twenty-one, or twenty-four to seventeen, or you know something, something like that to that case. But I, yeah, I got two things to say to that. Number one, you're probably right. I think Williams probably had them overachieve a little bit, but he he also, in his defense, he's got no secondary. Those guys are terrible. I mean, okay. Pool is okay. Desir, Desir, the he's got no secondary. You know, Adams was the leader of that team, but but. The the reason I can't give him a pass is because of the constant penalties. Mm-hmm. At some point, you gotta you gotta tell these guys to stop doing stupid things and giving away first downs. It doesn't matter what the score is. You just all you're doing is is making things worse mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's just okay. stupidity. So so yeah. So I I would I would give the I mean, the defense made a couple of nice plays, a couple of interceptions. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, when, when a team intercepts the ball in the end zone, I always put that on the quarterback. I don't ever, I don't ever give the defense credit for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't, the, the, you know, Fitzpatrick doesn't take care of the ball. I think at that point it was 21, yeah. nothing. He, he was like, who gives a shit? Let's try and score. You know? So I can't really give the defense that much credit for it. Um, I do think that Greg Williams has a great point that the offense is so atrocious and so bad that the defense is under a lot of pressure all the time. I will agree with that, but the, the penalties yeah. just kill it, it all. Well, I, I, I had forgotten about the penalty. But I was just curious to your take on their defense. So I had two points too. I agree with you 100%. Williams is a proven defensive mind. Uh, he gets the most out of the team. Agreed there. The thing with me is I'll give Jets credit. At least the defense shows some life, which is a different, again, difference between two coaches. I see the defense is at least trying, especially in the first half versus the offense that's just completely inept. To answer your question, what I think about the defense, I have to agree with Rob. We're, we're missing talent at key positions. And I don't know what we have in the defense because it's hard to judge them. They're worn out. They're constantly put in shitty field positions. By the second half, they're down by 20 points. So just the desire is not there. You know, at some points, you're just looking for the offense to pick you up a little bit. So you go, they got the interception. The momentum is there. Zero points, punt, three and out, three and out. So I can't even judge the defense. I feel bad for them. I feel like they're trying. I feel like they're not as not great or good by any means. I don't feel like they deserve to be the worst in the league. But holy shit, much like our quarterback, I don't know if you can fairly judge them. They just they got no support, no field position, nothing. Yeah, that's that's tough, and that that was the whole game. You're right. I mean, if you want to look at the field position, the whole game. I mean, whenever you, whenever you got a team starting at the 35 yard line or better every single drive, it's almost impossible to to withstand that for the whole game. I mean, just just think of how different the locker room conversation is. Fine, the defense gave up the same 21 points. It happens. If the offense just put up 10 points, the difference between the talk in the locker room is, guys, we're losing 21 nothing. Let's just not completely embarrass ourselves. We know we're not winning this game. Versus 21-10, guys, I know we had a bad first half defensively. Just one turnover, one big stop, the offense will get us back in. At one more score and we're right there. It's a whole different conversation. But I think by the time you come into the halftime, the defense is just, besides being tired, they're just emotionally fucked. They're just like, again, here we go. All, again, all they no hear support. in the locker room is white noise at that point when they get into the locker room. It's just white, just total white Absolutely. noise in the background, and all they want to do is go to bed. I mean, that's 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 the way I would have been going into the locker room. I'm just I'm I'm sitting there at halftime saying, shit, why aren't we up thirty five nothing? I mean, you know, this is just, and and it just leads me to think again. It it's just. It's just the way I think about my team. I know we're playing probably we are playing the worst team in the league, worst team in the league, and we're up twenty-one nothing. And I'm just concerned that something silly is going to happen in the second half. And you know, there's, there's no silly with the Jets when they're down twenty-one. Once it, no, really, once it was fourteen nothing, it was yep. pretty yeah. much already over, Dave. I mean, it, there, I there's know. no other way about it at this point. In most years, you're right. The Jets would put up a fight, especially when they're terrible and have a shot at a franchise quarterback. They, they would screw something up. I, I don't see that happening this year, man. I mean, th- this is this is truly, you know, the, the, the only couple of times this has happened in the past, the Jets have, have completely tanked and fell apart. And it usually, this stuff usually happens. I mean, we, 
we can talk. We can go right to the fake spike. Okay, the Jets were six and five, and and, and they had a twenty four seven lead, and they win. They were in first place. They lose, and they and they lost the rest of their games. Got Pete Carroll fired. Uh, there are countless. You know, the the the, the, the Jets' new way over the past few years has to been winning has been to win meaningless December games. But for a long time, it was lose every December game, no matter what they could, they would be eight and three and lose them all. They'd be nine and four and lose them all. They'd be six and three and lose them all. That, that was the Jets way for a long time. So once the Jets go into these kinds of tailspins, they do not recover. The, the only way I can describe the player's body language, and that's, that's just honestly looking at as a fan who cares, who wants the team to do well. The body language to me said, we don't want to be here. I'm here because that's the only way I'm getting my game check. Otherwise, I don't get paid. Let me just put in the let me put on the shoulder pads. Let me run. Let me just look like I'm giving a little bit of a, an effort, somewhat of an effort. Let me get paid. Let me get out of here. It's a nightmare to just be in that environment. That's how it looks like to me. Does Flacco not look like a space cadet when he's out there? He looks like he's just mindless and motionless. He's got no he's got no emotions. He's got no feeling. He has got no nothing. He looks he looks like he's been decked about fifteen times, which he did get hit a few times, but I mean he looks yeah. like he's got a concussion when he's playing out there. He literally does. I just think yeah, they, 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 they took him into the operating room and lobotomized him. It's the only way you can get on the team. I just, I, I just think his facial expression is like, wow, and I thought my stop in Denver was bad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just that's just it. The only guy, the only guy on the field that actually showed like he gave a care was, unfortunately, again, is Frank Gore. He's the only, he's the only one that's running around with a smile on his face and laughing and and and. But, takes his four-yard truck and his five-yard truck comes right back to the huddle and gets ready to go at it and do it again. He's the only guy on the team that looked like had any any kind of gumption today other than, you know, the, every once in a while the Crowder got the ball and and tried to run, tried to run, tried to run away from somebody. Um, but I, I was talking about – I was watching – when they got down to the red zone on that last drive, Joe Flacco threw two balls and it looked like he was trying to hit a target somewhere outside of the end zone to try to win a prize. I mean, he, he literally wasn't even trying to get the ball to any of the receivers there. If you're down 24 nothing and you've got the ball and you got a shot to throw it to somebody in the end zone, I don't care if he's covered or not, throw him the ball. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to get intercepted? Big deal. I mean, you got to take a shot and try to do something like that. He threw three. It looked like he threw two balls just literally out, out of the end zone trying to hit some sort of target or something out there. Like it, like it's target practice. One of the announcers made that point too. He's like, "Why even bother throwing it away?" At yeah, that exactly. Point? There's no reason. I mean, to. The, I, I, I watched the same game that you guys watched. If you did watch, and the, the game, the game that oh, the watched. game that I watched was the Jets that everybody's been talking about. Okay. Guys, did it occur to you that maybe he was not throwing the ball away? That was actually Flacco trying to hit a receiver in the end zone. Mm, no, that was <laughs> that was pretty deliberate. I mean, there was there was no doubt. There was no doubt, I know, no I doubt know. about no doubt about it. But I, you know, I laughed at like the the twenty three twenty five yard sack he took, and I mean that one that one I, I actually I th- I thought it was a third. I, I honestly turned around and said I th- I honestly thought that was a thirty yard sack when I started counting yards. I was like, someone call the Elias Sports Bureau and find out if, if there <laughs> ever, ever has been a team to take two sixteen plus yard sacks in consecutive <laughs> weeks. Because last week was that one where the uh, where the, the, they did that little pitch to the wide receiver and he was trying to throw it and then ran backwards and lost sixteen yards, which resulted in the yep. the famous uh, handoff to Gase. Uh, to uh, Gore on third and twenty six. <laughs> and by the way, D Wets, uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, but uh, I love Frank. He's a true professional on a team that's actually trying to win. I think he's a great role model to young yeah. players. But to answer your question, the reason why his big smile every time he gets a handoff, he runs to the huddle. He's like, "Holy shit! There's actually still a team in the NFL dumb enough to use me as a primary running back." Yeah, I primary, know, primary back. back. I mean. I- the Jets bring in a 37-year-old guy and use him as a primary back when they had Le'Veon Bell and 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 never used him properly. Now he's gone and they're still using him as a primary back when they have a, when they have a kid back there. I mean, there's guys, there's there's um running backs who in the third and fourth round are starting or producing by game two or three. This guy, you know, this whole we, we don't want to we don't want to bring him along too quick and stunt his growth thing is is, wow. is ludicrous. I mean, he's he's a third round back. He 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 came highly touted out of Florida. It's not like he's a chump. He's not like he's a walk on. I mean, do something to try and shake things 
things up, Dave, as you said, shake things up. But even more than that, find out what the mm-hmm. hell you have. You, you, there's no yep. way you don't know what you have with Frank Gore. Yeah. And if you're going to go into next season with any kind of idea of what you got before you start drafting and everything, you got to figure out who's on that team and who's going to stay and who's going to go. And that's not Douglas's. That's not necessarily yep. all Douglas's job. It's everybody. Every coach on that team has a responsibility to figure out who's fit and who's who's supposed to be playing and who's not playing and who might be playing down the road. Next man up. You got to give them live reps to see what you yeah. got to see what they have. Yeah, you, you can't tell in practice. You gotta, you gotta test them yeah. in games, man. I mean, it's just whatever. All right, let's uh, let's move on. But the bottom line is, you got spanked twenty-four to nothing, and your team and your team's home. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> all right, that, that's pretty yeah, much totally. That so. sums it up for me. I'm ready to call it a night. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I am. Well, all right. Let, let's talk some. Let's talk some Jet me, Dolphins moments over uh, the years. Let me tell we you. Go. Let me tell you. Um, I love Joe Walton. Okay. As, as, as going back, if you want to talk about any Jet coach that I loved back in the day, Jets Dolphin games was so much fun back in the day because it was just, it was just oh, every yeah, game. I was at that 51 exactly, Every game, game was an up and back battle, up and back, up and back. And, and just the, just the whole fact of Dan Marino was there for the Jets to take and they took Kenny O'Brien. And those guys went up and back, game after game, pass after pass, touchdown after touchdown, interception after interception, together for so many games that that was the trepidation I had every single week, every single time these two teams played each other was, God, what's going to happen this time? What's going to happen this time? What's going to happen this time? That was the fun part of this rivalry. Yeah, I mean- yeah, the Dolphins. The Dolphins go back to my earliest memories. You know, it was the AJ Dewey game <laughs> was one of the early that ones. One. That was the um, last time that the Dolphin. That was the last time that the Dolphins shut out the Jets prior to today. Oh, really? That was the last really? time the Dolphins that. shut the Jets out. Fourteen nothing in the AFC wow. Championship. AJ Dewey. What, yeah, for you, you obviously were like one at the time. The AJ Dewey game was extremely painful, extremely painful. Then early, the, the, the my first memory of Miami and the Jets was actually a good one. The Jets were like zero and three, and um and and this eighty one was the first year I filed the Jets. Jets were zero and three. They were losing to Miami, but then came back and they ended up in a tie. And then the Jets actually made the playoffs that year. So that was good. And then of course there's nineteen eighty six where the Jets were ten and one, and they go into Miami for a Monday night game. Vort, you want to take a wild guess at the final score of that one? No idea. 10-0? 45 to 3. Okay. The Jets are 10 and 1. They're 10 and 1. They're shredding everybody. They look great. You know, the Giants are, are 11 and 0. The Jets are 10 and 1. And we're talking about a Super Bowl between the two teams. And the Jets go into Miami on a Monday night and immediately fall apart and lose 45 to 3 and then lost every game for the rest of the year. They still made the playoffs, but wow. they, uh, you know. They, they were 45 to three. Then there's the fake spike game. You know, on a positive note, there's the 51 45 overtime game in 86, which I was at. I walked into that game at, um, right near the end of the first quarter, it was seven, three. And it's like, they waited for me to come for the fireworks to start. And then it was, you know, 45, 45 and yeah, overtime. But, uh, and, and how many, how many people left the 30 to seven dolphin lead oh. to see jumbo, oh, jumbo, yeah. El- jumbo Elliott make one. a touchdown catch. And, the Jets come back and win the game. That yeah, that was that's the Monday night miracle. Was um, the Jets were down thirty to seven in the it was the fourth. People will talk about it at the end of the third. No, it was the fourth quarter already, and it was thirty to seven. And uh, I said to the girl I was with at the time, she was a Jet fan too. I said, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I said, if the Jets don't score on this drive, we're leaving. She's like, okay, because we we, we knew it was over. Jets score. I'm like, all right, we'll stick around, and we and we never left. And we were there at the end with ten thousand Miami fans. And any any Jet fan who tells you they were there My at the end is probably at the game and he left. He didn't say that he went back. He he left, and that was the end of that. But, yeah. Um, Two of my two of my most ingrained memories since becoming a Jet fan. The one is uh, pretty much the lowest of the low was the fake spike because back then it was it was such a genius, such a rare thing. Like like today, it wouldn't right. really surprise me. It's just part of the game. So that just completely broke my heart. And I loved Aaron Glenn and the fact that that touchdown was against him. And uh, the second memory is the Monday Night Miracle and Jumbo Elliott catch. And for some reason, I just I didn't turn off the TV. I just kept watching, watching, watching. And I'm like, and like Rob, I was just looking for a reason to turn it off but it's monday night what else are you gonna do and then a score yeah. a score and i think if i remember correctly in overtime otis smith makes an interception running back down the sideline stripped from behind fumble miami recovers and then he makes an interception again later in the same drive 
Oh, I don't remember that. Wow. Okay. What I do remember is that the Jets fought all the way back with these crazy touchdowns and and made it 30 to 30. And then Miami got the kickoff and ran it back to midfield and then threw a bomb to take a 37-30 lead. We were like, you got to be kidding me. You fight back from 30 30 to 7 and that's how you're going to go out. But the Jets took it and and went back and tied it again before overtime. And then I don't remember remember that in overtime at all. I just remember the Jets winning. But that, you know, the Jets scored 30 points in the fourth quarter. It was unreal. I I can't remember remember that far back the days when the team had a spine yeah well i mean wayne corbett was there and jumbo elliott and i think was it lavernius yes. coles I, I seem to remember coles. him running around a bit yeah yeah yep and testaverde <laughs> and and oh boy but i mean i mean I, some other dolphin games more recent ones i was at with uh jamie and georgia we went to a game and, and um i remember it being ted ginn ran back a kickoff and and the jets were good and miami was terrible and of course you know the jets lost <laughs> and um you know, the Jets' mo for a long time was was whenever they're good and a shit team comes in, they would lose nine six and couldn't even put a field goal, a, a touchdown up. They would just be a field goal battle. And and in twenty, I guess it was twenty fourteen. No, no, it was earlier than that. It was Sanchez. It was twenty ten, maybe or twenty, you know, something like that. And Miami came in and and they were not good. The Jets had hopes and whatever else, and then they beat the Jets ten seven because that's what the Jets or ten six something like that. It's just year after year. I mean, you play a team twice a year, you're going to run into these things. But it's just the, the Jets' biggest nightmares and biggest highs were all against Miami. My biggest takeaway from today is the Jets suck. The Jets suck. They're going to continue to suck, and that's why this podcast is never going to die. <laughs> my my biggest laugh of the day is, my, and it's not a Jet related thing, but my son reminded me of t- two years ago when the Dolphins had the trash can playing quarterback. <laughs> Jay Cutler. What? Do you remember the memes that were out with him? Oh, a yeah, running yeah. trash can trying to throw the ball? I come on. But anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm real interested. Please send it. Um, shut up. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts, Mr. Um, DeWitt? Just end the season. It's already ended. If any, if anything, I mean, you'd, you'd hope that um, you'd hope that Gaze, you'd hope that Gaze gets fired somewhere along the way, and you don't have to wait till the end of the season. Try to try to stop mapping out, and maybe these guys will stop playing for because you see, you see what happens in other places. Um, Houston, uh, Bill O'Brien gets fired. Romeo Cornell comes in, and Houston decides to play two straight games. Um, you've got, you've got, almost beat Tennessee, uh, who was the other coach that got fired earlier this year? Atlanta, Atlanta's, Atlanta's coach today. gets fired, Quinn, and they win today. They show a little spark. So this Minnesota, is, this is why yeah. you've got to hope that they would fire him because maybe these guys would play for another team. And like you said, let's see what we got. Let's see what we could develop. Let's see what we can get out of these guys and figure out what we can build for, for next season. But if they keep gaze there, they're not going to have an idea what they got. They're not going to have any ideas. And then going into next season, you're already going to be handicapped and hamstrung as far as that's concerned. And I don't think that they're going to tank to get Trevor Lawrence. I, th- I think they're going to stay the course for Sam Donald. That's what I honestly think is going to happen. That's just, uh, I that's, don't know about that. That's my call. If, but. No, I hear you. I, I think if only for the fact that Sam's rookie deal is just about up and he's already three years in and Lawrence is supposed to be like the like the real, real deal, the biggest one since Andrew Luck, I don't think the Jets – I think the Jets get what they can for Donald and, and draft Lawrence with a whole new coaching staff and, and, a, and an armoire of draft We'll have picks. to see what happens at the end of the year at that case. We'll have to see if the Jets are truly the worst team in the league because even at 0 and Six things could change, and you could see some wins, and then unfortunately, stop, you get, you get out, get okay, out, get out of it. Just for twenty, don't even kick me out. Come on, I gotta, I gotta try, I gotta do something to try to ruin it for you. I am a Dolphins fan. Stop, dude. There is no question whatsoever. The Jets are the worst team in the league now. Whether some another team has half their guys die in a plane crash and has to bring in a bunch of high school players is as yet to be seen. But the Jets are. Far and away the worst team in the league, and, and no bull breaking that you're going to do is going to change. You that. guys are going to hope that half the Jets die in a crash. This way, half your team is gone, and you just build no, a new no. one. So every week for me is just like, wow. I thought last week was rock bottom. Nope. The next week well, is going to be wow. This is you, rock you, bottom. You know why the jet? Yeah. You know why the jet plane is going to crash? Because Franco is driving it. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. no, it's it's not Adam Gase is driving it. So. All right, Void, any final thoughts before we go? That's it. Just uh, I'm guessing this is what rock bottom looks like is zero points, 
and looking absolutely hopeless. But let's see what next Zero week hope. brings us. Well, next week is Buffalo, so that should be a solid thrashing. And then uh, the game I'm really looking forward to is Kansas City. The week after. I mean that. I mean that is. <laughs> I mean what? What? How bad is that game? Now you know what I hope. I hope the Chiefs lose another game so that they're angry and don't and want to make sure they get back on track. Because I would love to see them put eighty up. I mean, and they could. Bell yardage predictions. Uh, we're gonna leave that for the podcast closer to the game. I'm not even. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Right I, I want to see how they use him. I want to see wow. how they use him first. If he's gonna be the starter, if he's gonna split carries equally, uh, or my prediction was that he was gonna end up being the guy that comes in when it's 47 to two in the second quarter, and then he, he plays the rest of the game. Whatever. We'll see as we get closer. But um, unless they decide to hold back and be professional because they don't want to embarrass the Jets. Kansas City could could put could put up eighty with with the offense that they have. I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick could put up thirty eight and give fourteen of them back with stupidity, and the Cardinals can put up thirty, what do you think the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill and and Travis uh, Travis Kelsey and the the two other receivers who are good and Bell who's going to be angry and Mahomes as a quarter? What do you think they could do to the Jets if they really wanted to pour it on? I mean it. Forget it. It's that's the game I'm really looking forward to. And the game's at Arrowhead, right? It is at Arrowhead, yeah. <laughs> With fans in the stands. They have fans in the stands let's, there. So it should be let's sleep on it. It doesn't right get now, any ugly. Right now I would predict Kansas City would put up eighty, but I want to sleep on it so I don't short change Kansas City. So you don't want to you don't want to hold back on them, you know. But um I mean the the, the biggest score ever was seventy three to nothing. And Kansas City could make could make that look like a close game if they really wanted to. Because I mean, there's no way the Jets could ever stop Kansas City. And the and the Jets aren't gonna score. Kansas City's got a decent enough defense. So, you know, I mean, literally Kansas City can just get the ball, score in two plays, give it back to the Jets who go three and out scoring. I mean, it, it, it could be the ugliest game ever. Let's first, but we'll let's see. first take it's our beatings like a man against uh, Buffalo, and then we'll move on to Kansas City. Yeah, and then there's a bye. So hopefully that will be when Gase goes if he doesn't go tonight because I, I, I can't see them, this guy lasting the season. This is going to get ugly. Boys, okay. always a pleasure. Always. Always a pleasure. Dave, thanks for joining no us. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Anytime you guys want to added guest I'm always great that sounds good I look forward to it good night guys